awkward. But welcome to Father's Day. If you're a dad, I trust you have been spoiled. I trust someone brought you coffee in bed. Because I would have loved that. I'm just saying, it's not a, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting it didn't happen, but it, it didn't happen. And um, it is Sunday. We are excited. We are finished with our Ruthless series last week and jumping into Father's Day. But how good was Ruth? I, I love the fact that we could preach this amazing book that revealed Jesus spectacularly without even mentioning his name. We get to see our king. We get to see his grace. We get to see his goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness, his perfect sufficiency. And, and if you missed out the series, go and listen to it. Take time to go and download preachers, read the word, and equip yourself in the word of God in the season amidst all that is going on. That being said, as Gabe mentioned a little earlier, we are in lockdown level three which has meant that indoor meetings would be limited to 50. And on a very practical reality, we cannot do meetings of under 50. Our volunteers alone, as we got to this morning, are almost 30, just to serve in the car park, make sure that, that we can serve in community, the coffees, the, the burger, they're not the burgers, the donuts for the dads. I mean, I love a burger, just saying. But, um, but I want to encourage you in this moment, as I believe it is our mandate as a church, as long as we are navigating the season, to keep honoring our government, those put in place. And it's an incredible scripture that puts that in place. It says, submit yourself to the, for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority. And for this season, for this time, as a short-term solution to the challenges of a third wave in our nation, we are submitting and we are not meeting in any of our facilities. But that doesn't mean we cannot gather relationally. It doesn't mean we can't gather here. Hop us eight on a Sunday morning. And if you're watching this a little bit later, you slept in, I want to encourage you. Come and join our communities, our table view, Milnerton, city communities on a Sunday morning, hop us eight. If you normally do church in the evening, five o'clock in the city or table view, wake up a little earlier and come and join us. And, um, but I also want to challenge us in these moments that as we devote ourselves, let's devote ourselves to healthy habits. Let's be in the Word. Let's be in prayer. Let's continue the habits of being generous and kind and representing God and pursuing His presence in these moments. Let's not kick out and, and kick out of what we know leads us to life and leads us to more in this season. As God has got so much for us. So welcome to Father's Day. If you missed it, there are free donuts and coffee for all dads here at Tableview already since Hoppus 8 till Hoppus 10. And at our Milnerton congregation, get there. Hoppus 9 to Hoppus 10. Free coffee, free donuts for dads. If you just want to come along and get a coffee, come along. We'd love to see you there. That being said, I had the privilege of doing an amazing funeral this week. I've done many funerals, many, many funerals, but not often for a 96-year-old man who was a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, and a great-great-grandfather. Such an incredible thing to hear the family, and you ask the family because I didn't have the privilege of knowing Um Kuss myself. So you ask the daughter and the grandson, tell me about this man. It's a moment of honesty. It's a moment where people don't lie. I've asked that question before, and it got very awkward very quickly when there wasn't too many good things to say. But as they began to honor this man of consistency, this man of hard work, this man who laid himself down for his family, this man who when his daughter had a young son of three years old and the father was no longer around, this man moved in to become a father, not just a grandfather, to step up in a moment, to love in a moment. And you realize this role of father is spectacular, but it's a massive, massive mandate and privilege. So to our dads out there, 
And we'd love to have you in the room and honor some of those in our community who are fathers, not just to their natural children, but also to spiritual children in our community. We honor you. We thank you. We thank you at this time. Continue to step up, please. Continue to show up. Continue to be there. Continue to pour out as we navigate. But in those meetings, I get to ask, well, use some words, just so I have some context. If I didn't have the privilege of knowing the person I'm doing the funeral for, use some words. And, And there would be different kinds of fathers represented in those moments. Those who were there to support and those who were never there. Those who were gentle, loving fathers and those who were harsh, driving strong-handed fathers, those who were sacrificial and continued to lay themselves down, or those who were lazy, those who were present or those who were absent, those who were focused on their family or those who lacked focus and kind of forgot the story, those who were kind, some unkind, those who were generous, sometimes those who were stingy, and you can't hide from those descriptors. As we navigate Father's Day, we realize it's a massive responsibility, also an incredible privilege. But if I asked you today, And I can't ask you because you're not in the room. But if I can ask you one descriptor of your father, what would it be? Your earthly father. Just one descriptor. Kind, maybe. Maybe generous. Pouring out. I I don't know. Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, there's a descriptor used for the father in heaven that I think depicts everything. And I've never heard an earthly father described in this way says this, I keep asking, the apostle is praying, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. Have you ever, ever heard someone describe their earthly father as glorious? Because I haven't. But the Father in heaven is glorious. Above all, beyond all, glorious. And, and we get reminded ongoingly that the destination Jesus brought us to wasn't the cross. The cross was the way, the only way, the way to through, the way of salvation. It's the cross that was perfect in sufficiency, but the cross was given. And Jesus said, I came to make a way so that you can get to the Father. The destination of Christianity wasn't the cross. The destination of Christianity was a Father, a glorious Father. A gracious father, a kind father, a loving father, a perfect father. Cross changed it all. And Jesus kept on trying to get the disciples to get this, and they kept on challenging and asking. And as the challenges came, he continued to speak. And in John 14, he's continuing to teach his disciples, and it says this, they, they are needing comfort because there are crazy times going on. Their world is falling apart. Jesus said, actually, I'm going to be out of here. And, and, and they're going, uh, we don't know how to deal with that. And maybe you feel like that now. Maybe you don't know how to deal with another lockdown, how to deal with the challenges of our time. Well, Jesus presents, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Not a suggestion, a charge from the King of Kings. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be there where I am. You know the place where I'm going. Jesus says, I've prepared a way. You know the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, good old Thomas, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? I'm pretty standard. Good question. 
I, mean, it's a good, I think it's a good question. I probably, yeah, I probably don't know if I would have asked. It took a bit of guts. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is a journey you need to take through me to the Father. If you really knew me, you will know that my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Enough. Enough for your pain. Enough. Enough for your brokenness. Enough. Enough for every bit of brokenness in your story from the day you were born to the day you exist and every bit of brokenness in your story. Yes, enough. That'll be enough for us. See, Jesus said, I didn't just come to make the way. He came to show us the Father. My Father on earth's name is Abraham Karl Kreiling van Pletsen. That is a proper name. That is a, that's a proper name. And I've got fun memories as I remember my father. I mean, the first one was I'm under 12, and they played a dad's versus lad's cricket match, and he split his pants at wiki from the top to the bottom. It's just a great memory you just can't shake, and it's an impression. The rest is in he, he was fascinated with Paul Adams. Some of you wouldn't remember, but he was a Springbok bowler who bowled more like a cockroach um, in an unglamorous way. And, and that impersonation would come out quite often in our household. And I have a father who puts salt on everything. Before there was salted caramel ice cream, there was just salted ice cream. It was a thing in our house. Salted everything. But I also remember that he broke the chain of addiction in our family so that I didn't have to. I also remember he made a way for me when other ways and sacrificed to give us what he never had. I also remember that he was there when other dads weren't. And at the time I didn't say thank you, but now I want to say thank you. I also remember that he showed me Jesus in ways that no one else on this earth could. The role of a father is massive. And we have this mandate, as Jesus says, go and make disciples, says, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Not just in his name, but his character, his person, his love, his grace, his everything, and every desire for his people. Too many Christians on this journey of approaching, they think a father, but they're looking for a fixer. God never came to be your fixer. That's why days like Father's Day are important. We, can, we must celebrate our fathers on earth. We must honor. We must do those things. But it's a reminder that we don't come to someone other than the glorious Father in heaven in this journey of Christianity. I love these days. And, and I remember being a kid. And I don't know if you did it, but I, you would have those statements like, my dad is bigger. My dad is stronger. Check out his biceps. And, and then you realize when you get a bit older, there were people bigger. But you backed yourself in those statements. You realize that there were challenges. And kids always comparing their dads. One of the most embarrassing moments, I was sitting listening to Matt Hawes back in the day and Judah when they were about three and really young, talking about how big their dads were. And most of it was just rubbish. And the comparisons just got bigger and bigger, and it's, it becomes completely embarrassing it, as the father. Because you know one day he's going to become 12, like today, and realize you're none of those things. You can't live up to any. Unfortunately, I've still got a seven-year-old. He thinks I'm pretty cool. But that is a journey. But today, I want to boast about my father in heaven, just for a few more minutes. I want to boast. I want to boast about my Father. I want to tell you about His goodness, His perfection. Psalm 20 verse 7, some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. We'll boast in His name. And 1 Corinthians 1 verse 31, therefore it is written, let the one who boasts, 
Boast in the Lord. We're called to boast in our God. We're called to tell the stories of His greatness and His goodness. We're called to shout it to the ends of the earth. The amazing thing about the shouts and the boasts of this Father, that our Father without limitations will never, never underwhelm us, underdeliver, never. So I want to pray for us as I just make a few simple points this morning. Jesus, I thank you. You are here. Our friends who are at home or wherever they are watching, maybe they're in the car, maybe they're at work, maybe they're watching later, I, I pray be with each and every person now. I pray the lies and the shouts of loneliness and the anxiety that would be at the door would be silenced today as we fix our eyes on the glorious Father and the gospel gets deep inside of our souls today. I pray, Spirit of God, for encounters today, for healing today, for power encounters with your love and your grace today for every single person. We worship you, King, and we give you glory and honor this morning. My first boast is this. It's my boast and they're going to get bigger, so stay with me. But the first one is this. My father loves perfectly. See, the challenge with these boasts is as a father, I realize I'm perfectly limited. I'm an imperfect father. I have moments where I step up and moments where I might deliver and moments where it's okay, but I'll fail. 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, a descriptor of God's love, a perfect love drives out fear. There's only one perfect love that pitches up and shows up every time and never leaves and never takes his eye off. A perfect love is a description of our Father's love, and it's a love that never falls short. It is not a performance-driven love like the love of our world. We live in a performance world where love starts becoming a currency, a victory of performance. We see this in the baptism of Jesus. God puts a marker down for all to hear and all to see and all to know that his love is not a love earned by the performance of his sons and daughters. And Jesus is there. It says, at this time Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan just as Jesus was coming out of the water. What had he done? He'd done nothing. He'd been dunked in the water. He hadn't done a miracle. He hadn't stood up and declared the, the, the come, what was to come. He'd just been dunked in water. He saw heaven being torn open, the action of the Father and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice from heaven. You are my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. What had he done? He'd done nothing. And yet the God of heaven tore open the heavens and declared from heavens. You see, their voices declaring all day and every day to your heart. Maybe even the voices of an earthly father. It's time to hear the voice of the perfect love of the glorious father. It's time to hear his declarations over you that aren't limited to your performance. They are navigated by the precedent he gave Jesus, which he gave to us. That Jesus, who had done nothing by that time except responding and taking the journey forward, chooses to hear that voice. Concerned about the voices the church are hearing now. Voices of economists and politicians shouting louder than the voice of God through his word and his spirit into our hearts. The voice of psychiatrists and psychologists and diagnoses. The voice of bank accounts and debt balances. We need to hear the voice of the perfect love of God at this time. It's too often the wrong voices determine our steps. Come on. God is with us. 
See, when we don't know that this love is perfect, we start working for it and it, it dilutes it. It breaks it. it. It perverts it. God says, stop it. Receive. Perfect. Okay, Mark, that boast was good. Perfect love, good start. But I want to tell you another one. He gives you a new and better story. He gives it to you. He gives you a new and better story. I love this. My brother-in-law got, got raised in a family where a stepfather stepped up when the natural father disappeared. And a stepfather stepped up, and for many years of his life, my brother-in-law had a surname that he held on to. Fundament was his surname. And then my sister and my brother-in-law got married. They had a child, and at the birth of their first child, they unveiled to the whole family, but to this man who had stepped up, his stepfather, whose surname was Herkenrath. Yes, good German surname. You should get one of those. That's proper. I even said it like a German. It's and unveiled, at the unveiling of this first grandchild, said this child's name will be Hakenrat. He got a new name, not just for the son, but the whole family. He chose to take that name onto us. And there's a choice that we get to make. It says this in 1 Peter, and I love this. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or without defect. What did you get handed down? I got a table. It's in my house. It's beautiful. But it'll rot in time. What did you get handed down? Guilt. A story of brokenness. A story of addiction. See, the Bible says God comes and overrides each and every one of those. I got handed down lots of hair, fortunately. A disposition to be under six foot, which... Um, I'm still praying that I'm going to grow, but I got handed a second name called Carl, not Carl. Does not Carl me? It's Carl. But the Bible says that my perfect father, my glorious father, gives me a new story. A story without brokenness. A story where I've been pulled from slavery to my past, slavery to my addiction, slavery to my appetites, and pulled into a story where Jesus is my life takes me on a journey to the Father. And this identity has always been challenged. So the very first temptation of Jesus, the enemy comes to him while Jesus is hungry and fasting. And the enemy says to him, if you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. It's that ongoing question, if you are. If you are. If you are. Just that, that doubt and Jesus responds, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. What is written over your life today by the blood of Jesus? What is written? Will you claim it? Will you stake it? Will you have communion around your family and believe that blood touches every part of brokenness in your story? Every single part. Why? Because my father is glorious. My father gives us a new story every day. And he's poured out every spiritual blessing over his kids Okay, Mark, post number three, we got two more. I mean, are we getting it? Anyone beat that? I mean, can your, anyone beat that? Who, who says, I don't think you can beat that, never. I, I am literally a three-year-old excited about my father, and I want to stay that way for the rest of my life. My father is unlimited. I mean, he's unlimited. I don't know. I, I know as a father, I'm completely limited. I'm limited in resources, limited in emotions, limited in my ability to absorb, limited to just carry on sometimes. I feel like I run out quickly as a father. 
We've had a stressful time as parents in these last two months, and it's been challenging, and I feel like my resources have run out far too quickly sometimes. But I want to tell you about a father who has unlimited resources. And I love the challenge in Matthew 7, and I've preached this so many times in all these scriptures. I trust that we've preached them so many times that are deep inside of your souls, but we're reminded if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven get good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? I was taught a gospel where the gospel is defined by those three words. How much more? Not how much is enough. No, how much more? The unlimited access. And I love, we are given so many things. We're given, our God is unlimited in his ability to heal. He's unlimited in his ability to provide. Jehovah Jireh, we sing the songs. But do you believe it? This is who my God is, and I will put my life on the promises that remain over him. He's unlimited in the access he gives us. We get unlimited access to his presence. Unlimited. Yes, maybe feel alone. Access. Because of the permission and the access you are given by your glorious father to his presence at this time. Try it. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe you're nervous, and I've told this story before, but my parents ran a hotel when I was young, and the, my favorite thing in life was to eat the custard. Some of you got that. You only know instant custard. It's a tragedy, but there was that good custard they make with a skin formed on the top. It was my favorite thing in life, but because of who my dad was, I got access to that kitchen, and Chef Thomas would let me go and take whatever I wanted off the top of that castle. I got access because of my father. I got access not because of who I was. And, and the first time I tried it, I would tremble my way in because I knew I shouldn't be there. I would tremble my way in because maybe someone would get me in trouble. But then I realized I've got access. My father is unlimited. Unlimited in the access he gives us to his presence, to his grace, and to his goodness. Jesus challenged Matthew 9, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He asked the blind man. And he asked us today, do you believe? The gospel is not some small story that we celebrate once a year, but the goodness of the Father, it's much greater. Do you believe? Okay. Now I'm going to top it all. Now some of you still, I can see some of you, I can feel some of you on the screen like, no, come on, no. Again, I'm a three-year-old ecstatic about my God because he never fails. The fourth one is this, and you cannot beat this one. I don't care what you come with. You just cannot beat it. This one, my father is God. Oh, you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But we sing the song, Our Father who art in heaven. We, we read the scriptures. We pray the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Why? Because our Father is God. He is perfect in all his ways. And I love the implications of that that we are given in John 1 verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Because my Father is God. He is creator. He is ruler. He is above it all, beyond it all. He was there before time. He'll be there after time. And he's seated on his throne. I get pulled into a status I don't deserve. A status called son of the living God. It overwrites every bit of brokenness in my story. It says it there. Born not of natural descent. I don't know how you came to this earth. I don't know what the story is. Maybe, maybe you've been told it was a mistake. You were a mistake. 
I had a friend, a spectacular friend who wrote a book from Pickering Street in Durban. It was called From Pickering to Pickering. It was a journey of a mother who was a prostitute, a father who was a Greek sailor, and how he had to wrestle those truths down to believe my father is God. And it, it's not of natural descent nor of human decision. You went the decision of two humans who got together. No, the Bible says God knew you. He knew every hair on your head before you were born. Let the word pierce into your heart today. Living with anxieties and fears. Let the word pierce that your father is God and he knew every story about you. And there is no decision of man that determines the boundaries on your life. Not one. Why? Because your father is God. Because our Father is God, we get a heavenly DNA. We get a heavenly DNA. It even, it overrides my default to brokenness. It overrides my default to smallness. It overrides my default to selfishness. Day after day after day. And every time I want to default to my broken identity, God reminds me through His Word, through His presence, through His Spirit, that I'm pulled into a much bigger story because my Father is God. And my Father is accessible my father overrides any human violation in my story and turns it around by his grace. We see Ruth from a broken story, a, 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 a lineage of incest with no hope and no home and no story. God overrides her story because he's her father. He loves her and pulls her into the lineage of Jesus. And I'm reminded that that happens time and time and time again. Every time the blood of Jesus touches any person. I cannot fill the gap. Jesus came. And Jesus died on that cross. So that a way could be made to a glorious father. And for fathers today, I want to tell you, you cannot be all these things. But you can keep throwing yourself before his grace. You can keep throwing yourself before his sufficiency, his perfection, his love, his kindness, his ability and willingness to keep showing up when you don't have the courage to sometimes. If you're an absent dad, become present. If you're a distant dad and you haven't spoken to your kids for ages, make a phone call, get on a plane, make a decision to honor God and watch what He will do because your father has overridden the lies over your life. Because the boundaries of a lower life don't have to be the boundaries of your kids' lives. You can change it. You can be better. You can be stronger. You can be more gracious. You can be kinder. You can be more loving. Why? Because your father loves perfectly. Because your father gives you a new and better story. Because your father is unlimited. And because your father is God, you can stand up in his grace. You can stand up in his love. You can stand up today. When everything is about locking down, will you be unlocked today by the perfect love of God? Will you allow him to unlock? Can we close our eyes for a minute? God wants to unlock fathers today. He wants to unlock you, sir. Maybe you feel like you failed. Maybe you have. Maybe you made promise after promise. And you never showed up. 
You've pronounced dreams at dinner tables that never materialized. And maybe even COVID and the last year has come and wiped it all out. And you are despondent and broken because the dreams and the plans that were in your heart never transpired. Will you allow the glorious Father to break into your story and to write a new story, to reveal His perfect love, to speak His truth over you because He is unlimited in all His ways? Will you allow that? Stop trying so hard and receive His grace. Stop trying so hard to be what you cannot be and throw yourself into the perfect grace, the perfect love of Jesus and allow Him to write your story. I've tried to write my story so many times. We all come short. One psalm as I finish this morning. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Your father. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over your father. Your father is your shade at your right hand. The sun and will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Your father will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Your father will watch over you. Your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Your father. Not someone else's, not another person's story, not someone with a better lineage or a better story or less failures in this story. Your Father, receive His love and His grace today because He loves you, because He's glorious. Feel His grace to take the next step. Feel His grace to step up. Step up, show up, be there. Thank you, God. We worship a mighty God.